0: I'm Mary. I'm Nolan. I'm Lakita Ann. We are your hosts, and this is Your World, Your Money.
1: We will be talking real money with real
0: people in a real way.
2: Because everyone deserves the opportunity and tools for freedom, financial or otherwise.
0: Your World, Your Money is brought to you by Hangar Studios, a New York City-based recording studio, and Global Thinking Foundation, a global non-profit working toward financial freedom and equality for all.
3: Hi, money people. Welcome back to Your World, Your Money. This is Austin, and I will be guest hosting this episode with Mary. Today, we'll continue to dive into our entrepreneurship series, and I'm super excited to talk about finance and entrepreneurship for creatives. In this episode, we have the amazing Amanda Pinto and Jake Nathanson of Suburban Photography and Jennifer Malenki and Leanne Gadau of Broadway Babysitters joining us to talk about starting their entrepreneurial endeavors as artists and creatives. Broadway Babysitters provides world-class childcare for New York City families, including for artists. Their referral-only babysitters are Broadway performers, singers, dancers, actors, artists, stage managers, stage hands, and more. They don't just watch your kids. They specialize in creating individualized artistic experiences through childcare and can give children an enriching experience that can include many artistic lessons. Jennifer Malinke, owner of Broadway Babysitters, is a singer-actor whose career has run the gambit from Broadway to reality show with Josh Groban, session singing with people like Alan Menken in LA, being a judge on a competition show on ABC with Nick Lachey, and concerts with celebrities across the country. She has also been a voice and piano teacher and a babysitter for many years. She's passionate about childcare and the arts and also about her fellow actors. She's also a member of Broadway Inspirational Voices. The theater community is comprised of some of the best people she knows, and she has seen a need for Broadway babysitters for a long time. The need for helping out actors with employment in between shows, helping actors, parents with affordable childcare, and providing parents outside of the biz with creative, wonderful, trustworthy sitters to enrich their children's lives. Leanne is a New York-based actor, singer, voiceover artist, entrepreneur, and producer. Originally from Chicago, she graduated from NYU with a BFA in theater and a minor in business and has been working ever since in all of her areas of expertise from running the childcare agency Broadway babysitters and acting in short films to producing for YouTube channels and lending her voice to children's characters.
0: Thank you so much, Austin. And we also have, along with Broadway babysitters, Amanda and Jake from Suburban Photography. Amanda Pinto and Jake Nathanson are New York City-based photographers. After taking a photography class together in high school, they moved to New York City to attend NYU. What began as a way to help actor friends in need of affordable headshots became an opportunity to create a sustainable life for themselves after graduation. In addition to being photographers and business owners, Amanda is an actor, director, and choreographer, and Jake is a filmmaker. They are both passionate visual storytellers and find that their work outside of the photo studio allows them a unique perspective while capturing their subjects. Other passions include dogs, wine, and cooking for a crowd. Suburban photography's approach to headshots is simple to make you look and feel your best. If you are feeling great and having fun, which you kind of always do, it's going to show through in every photo. They are committed to keeping the prices low and quality high, and clients are 100% satisfied with their experience and results. And actually, both of your hosts today have worked with Suburban Photography because they're really kind of great. So these people all sound so incredibly fun. So I want to welcome Amanda, Jake, Jennifer, and Leanne. I feel like we're actually just going to be having a party today.
3: Hello, everyone. What a crowd we have here. I am so excited to have this conversation with y'all. So let us jump in with some elevator pitches. Give us the 26 floors up of who you are and what your business is.
4: Hello, my name is Amanda Pinto.
3: And I'm Jake Navinson.
4: And we are the co-owners of Suburban Photography, a New York City-based photography business. We focus primarily on actor headshots, as well as portraits and commercial work.
2: Yeah. And then we also do video work together as collaborators. We are filmmakers and storytellers and all that fun stuff. But our main focus is photography and visual storytelling.
1: My name is Jennifer Malenki. I own Broadway Babysitters, and we are an artist-based childcare agency. We hire artists to care for people's children. It's a trust-based company. Our main goals include providing discounted childcare for artists whose income can be uncertain, even pre pandemic, as well as providing a source of income for artist babysitters in between jobs. We provide childcare for artists and regular families alike. <laughs>
5: And Jen pretty much covered it, but my name is Leanne Gatto, and I'm the Director of Operations for Broadway Babysitters. I Just like Jen, I'm an actor, singer, voiceover artist, and the list goes on. But at Broadway Babysitters, I'm focusing a lot on the business development, the administration, and getting us where we need, especially during this pandemic.
0: Thank you for the elevator pitches for the business, but what are the elevator pitches for each of you? If you had to give me 26 floors and I needed to know exactly who you were as a human being, what, what, what are you guys going to tell me? I'm so curious already.
5: I went to school at NYU for musical theater, but I also got a minor in business. So once I graduated, I continue doing acting, singing, voiceover, but my minor in business is a big part of me and I love I love organization. It's a weird passion and I can't, I can't get over it. So because of that, because of that passion, I fell right into doing business with Broadway Babysitters and doing a whole lot of other stuff. I like to call myself the organized actor because I have the creative side of my brain, but I also have that type A that is really, that's really in there.
0: I'm going to color code highlighters with you. We're just going to line them up. Please in do. I,
5: We've got this. I would really like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: One of the most enjoyable parts of NYU and just my experience growing up in the city as a young adult was being able to explore so many different things that I didn't know that I was necessarily interested in. When I came to NYU, I was a psychology major and I was going very heavily into the liberal arts education of it all, but being able to meet so many other artists and figure out oh, this is what has always been important to me. Having a camera has been something that I've been passionate about for such a long time. And that has helped spur so many lovely friendships and my experience in the city and how I've been able to work on a lot of different projects with some lovely people. But I guess that's mostly in relation to my work. Otherwise, I'm a foodie, I'm a wino and a dog dad. So...
4: That's A recent dog dad. Recent dog. We dad. actually just got our dog at the beginning of January. So we're still fully obsessed, fully obsessed. With, with the dog and the dog life. Mm hmm. Okay, so my 26 floors, born and raised in Ohio, as was Jake, moved to New York City to attend NYU. Leanne and I actually were in the same program. We both went to the new studio on Broadway at NYU. While I was there, struck up a bit of a passion for photography. Jake and I both came to New York City with cameras and became the friends who could take pictures on St. Mark's Place if you needed a headshot for the audition the next day. And so that sort of became our little fun thing we did on the side as I continued to pursue drama, graduated with a drama degree, have continued to act as well as uh, recently... Have become a bit of a director. I'm a choreographer here in the city and just being able to incorporate my passion for performance and just visual storytelling like Jake said and these experiences that we've had now being professional photographers for what's going on seven years just has been really rewarding to be able to incorporate all of my passions sort of into one And we don't even really call it a survival job anymore. It's really like a robust second career for us that we're both equally passionate about our photography and our other pursuits outside of those as well.
1: I uh, grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm a singer-actor. I went to Milliken University, was in Chicago for a bit, came to New York to do a Broadway show, went to LA for about eight years and then came back to New York. And I was just on tour with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory last year, well, two years ago not pandemic year. And I am passionate about children. And yeah, that's basically me. Thank you all so much. And just so our listeners know, the 26
0: floors was entirely arbitrary. I just really wanted it to be more than 10. (laughs) That was really it. So let's jump into the business stuff and into the entrepreneurship side of all of your lives and how that's developed. So there's many people that we talk to that are also in the world that want to turn their creative passions into profitable businesses. But for a lot of very realistic and fair reasons they're very hesitant about it and there's a lot of fear around it and from taking like the big leap or those first steps or you know whatever it is for each person so why don't each of you share just like kicking off how you started your entrepreneurship journey did you even think of yourself as an entrepreneur at that time or did you just see it as like this side hustle that was going to help you get closer to this other passion how did all of that journey start for you
2: I think that the arts entrepreneurship thing, especially as a self-employed person, is a wild journey that starts with nothing but fear. So if you're scared, that is 100% okay, acceptable, and also probably will help to fuel a lot of really a
4: healthy dose of fear. great
2: choices that you mm-hmm. will eventually make. But as far as starting it off, it, it, for us, I think it was really a slow burn as far as it was it's dinner money in college and now we're leaving college and we don't want to be working these other jobs that we feel like are sucking time away from doing anything else. And we really love doing this and it feels creative. And then, okay, let's like invest a little more time into it. And then, okay, like this is now happening. It's moving forward. We can officially call this a business. And then just kind of continuing to say yes to the directions that it was naturally taking us.
4: I think we both have entrepreneurial instincts. Photography is just like one example of an entrepreneurial endeavor that we've had and that we want to have in our lives. And just to go into a little bit more detail, we truly began the business in 2014 after graduating from college. And the first two years out were hands down the absolute most difficult years of starting the business, trying to figure out how to balance work and life, how to make steps forward in the business on our end, for example, getting new equipment, finding a space, finding hair and makeup artists, finding all those types of things that took so much time and so much effort. But over time, those decisions start to pay off in
2: other ways. Yeah. Autopilot comes in at a strange time when you're at least expecting it's like, oh, all the things that we've assembled and put together are now just kind of moving And now we're doing upkeep as opposed to frantically trying to keep up with what is happening and progressing, which is all wonderful problems to have. So I think that it's just supposed to, like I said earlier, just a natural journey forward for us.
1: Well, so this all started when I came back to New York from LA. I needed a job here. I didn't want to wait tables ever again in my life. (laughs) And I was on a text chain with a friend and her group of friends. And it was a text chain with a lot of parents and a lot of babysitters. And they would all trade off, who can watch so-and-so tonight, blah, blah, blah. I can't, I can't, blah, blah, blah. And I told her, I was like, you need to put this together into something, make it into something and organize it. And she goes, I can't. I was like, can I? She's like, yeah, do it. So the biggest thing that I saw in that is that it's flexible for artists and also it's trustworthy. So I did a lot of market research when I was first starting this whole thing. And the thing that was across the board, 100% for parents was referrals. And they said, if they're, it doesn't matter if they went to college, it doesn't matter background checks. Yes, that matters. But if their friend recommends a sitter and says, Our sitter's amazing. They're going to use them 100%. So that was the basis of this. And I saw this, I don't think I I saw this as a huge business when I first started it, but I saw it as something that was just necessary for me to make some money. And I could leave and do a gig and come back to it. And then I saw it as that for other people as well as for my friends. I saw it as a side hustle to get me going and to keep me going. And if the acting career didn't work out to progress me into the future... But now I see it as my main source of income.
5: Jen started it and and I came in two and a half years ago now. And really, Jen putting it together, we kind of worked together from that two and a half year mark, two and a half years ago to say, okay, we have the base, but how do you move forward and how do we make this sustainable for both of us? Because we're both still actors and singers and pursuing those careers. So how do you streamline things? How do you cut out the process of sending emails or reminders or things like that? in order to be able to continue doing it and i think that's really important any entrepreneurial endeavor is to say okay once we have those assets we have those those bases how do we make it sustainable long term
2: yeah i remember one of the most pivotal things that ever happened to our well being was when we finally decided to switch to an online scheduling platform as opposed to through email i like i don't know
4: i gained back hours of my life hours each of my life
2: <laughs> not Dears having to our life expectancy exactly
4: my happiness <laughs> increased tenfold of just like
3: cutting out at least 10 emails yes <laughs> back and forth yes.
2: with each person <laughs>
3: So I'm going to pop in here with kind of my like mental health advocate hat, because I'm hearing a lot of like work-life balance and you guys are touching on it with like streamlining. But I just want to note that in the work of entrepreneurship, we often see this, right? Like a mental and physical health imbalance, they start to arise. So I know you guys are touching on it now, but I'm curious to dive deeper into how that came up for each of you in your own journeys and how you were able to find that work-life wellness balance while both creating and running your own business.
4: Absolutely. I think that a lot of our journey was learning through experience and learning through error, inevitably. Beginning a business, like I mentioned prior, those first few years, we really put our heads down and worked incredibly hard to get our business off the ground. And during those years, I mean, those were years where we lost touch with some friends. We spent a lot of time inside. There's a lot of work that goes into creating a business and creating a brand to get it off the ground. And then I would say after those first two or three years, we've been able to strike what I would consider a very healthy balance between our work and our life. But yes, definitely the hardest part being the beginning and I think that something that learning through experience, trying to set boundaries for yourself as much as possible. If we wanted to, we could truly work 24 hours a day. We could constantly be, you know, reaching out to new clients. You could constantly be editing, anything like that. There's always work to be done. So I think finding those opportunities to say, okay, It's six o'clock. I'm closing my computer. I'll answer these emails tomorrow and the world will continue spinning was a very important lesson to learn. And also, you know, being young entrepreneurs, I think, is also presents its own set of challenges that, you know, it's like you're in your early 20s and, you know, you should be hungry. You should be showing people that you're really out there hustling, but that hustling doesn't necessarily translate to health one of those things you can only learn through experience, no matter how many times people tell you, Hey, you really, you know, you should take a break. It doesn't really translate until
2: you experience it yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that so much of what's probably going to pop up for Jen and Leanne and for the two of us is just like, when you are finally able to understand that, like you can ask for help in small ways from new people, um, Mm -hmm. that that is an acceptable way to release just a little bit of control and, help have your moment to take some mental health days or to just sort of release that extra pressure that you're feeling. I think that for us, it felt like the most unbelievable concept the first time we asked someone, hey, could we pay you for a day to come and like proof through a session? We're really behind. Wow. (laughs) Like, and then suddenly that's work that just got done that we didn't have to do today. That's really wonderful. Thank you for helping us. And I think that those things start to come a little bit deeper into the journey. Unfortunately, I don't know if anyone's going to have a smooth start mentally as far as balancing stress, any sort of mental health things that come up during those beginning years. But being as safe with yourself as you can be and knowing yourself and your limits early on, I do think is very important. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, um, being a young entrepreneur in my 20s as well, I, <laughs> I am not in my 20s, <laughs> but um, they're absolutely right about asking for help. I tried to learn as much as I could by myself about LLCs, about being for-profit, nonprofit, You know, setting up our business license, our everything like that. And I wish that I would have asked for help more. I wish I would have asked more business-minded people I mean, I did ask a lot of people, but it wasn't enough. But asking for help is probably one of the best things I've done for my own self with mental health and work-life balance, because at the beginning, it was just me. And I was fielding, and it's really hard with parents and kids and, you know, when things pop up right away er, or emergencies happen and kids run away from sitters and there's just things that happen all the time. So I was always on, always on. And even like while I was, Well, I I actually did start working at a restaurant again, but um, I had to fund the company. So while I was starting this business, I was working at a restaurant because I needed money to fund the company. Yes, I did the crowdfunding, which was great, but, you know, you have to build a website. You have to do this. You have to do that. So I was working at that job to fund the company, but also being the one that was on So I had to like, oh gosh, run to the bathroom and see if there was a sitter for so-and-so and and blah, blah, blah. So that was a lot. And that was very overwhelming. And then when we got interns, we got Leanne as an intern first, actually. And a couple other people were on our team, our admin team as interns and or part-time. It was like, I could actually like go work out without having to worry that something is happening and I wasn't there to take care of it. Do you know what I mean? And especially when I went on tour, it was I needed that. And now we're probably to a point now where Leanne, well, we are to a point where we're going to need another intern because we're getting too big, which is fantastic. Glenn, I think you can speak to that mental health spot too.
5: Yeah. Right? I mean, this is something that you're that we all continue to. Every day is a different day. Every struggle is a different struggle. And, you know, this is something that we continue to talk about as a company internally as well as how do we continue to put ourselves first because we are people. We're not just a business. And as a small business, sometimes people see our website and they see the professional look of it and they think they must have so many employees. They must have people on the clock 24 hours a day. And it's me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Absolutely. And Jen and whoever else is on that date. Right. It's mostly you. (laughs) So a, a big thing, like my biggest thing that I would say is, and has become a big help for me. And I know for Jen and for the whole team has been to say, my day starts on my terms and my day ends on my terms. Because if you roll over and the first thing you do is you open up your email to see what's going on, you're already intaking information. You're not outputting, and so the first thing I do is try and do that. And also, delegating is hard. <laughs> I have tr- I have developed trust issues because sometimes it's hard to say, "Is this going to get done?" and and you know overseeing everything. But you do have to trust that sometimes things are going to get done. And then I mirror the like off hours. Get yourself done at seven or eight, and. Know what needs to be done that day and don't do what doesn't. Because sometimes you get to, the, to 6.30 and you're done at 7. You're like, I'll just start this new project. And then it gets to 9 p.m. and 9.30 and now you, you should be done and you're not. So just know what needs to be done and stop when you, when you can. No is my new favorite word. 2021 is the year of no. Ooh,
4: I think yeah. we had 2018 was the year
2: of 2018 no. 2018
4: was our year yep, of yep, no. Yep. <laughs> We've had that year, an incredibly important lesson. Yes. Mm-hmm. And things do truly change. I think when you learn the power of saying no, you know, you hear no and you associate it to be this sort of like negative no. But from an entrepreneur perspective, it truly is saying no to be able to allow yourself the time to A, do your job to the fullest of its ability and B, have time to live a life so that way you can bring yourself to your work in in its fullest.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I remember the first essential no, that was probably right around the time it was like, we can't no more live events. We cannot photograph from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., break for 30 minutes, Travel to a different part of New York City and photograph for another three hours. It just can't happen. I'm not gonna be my best self the next day. I'm not gonna be my best self at the live event. And so it was just like that was like an like an initial category of we reserve this for very, very special occasions and people that we know that we like to work with, but we're not just gonna come like photograph some show after we've done what we're doing because we're not going to do it as well as we would if that was our focus.
4: Yes, it's similar to why we don't shoot weddings. A lot of people ask us like, oh, we photograph our wedding. We would love to, but we know with our workflow from experience that we have to set aside a certain amount of time to focus on our headshot clients. And that is our passion. And that making sure that we don't overbook ourselves has become, you know, paramount in Mm -hmm. keeping ourselves sane.
0: (laughs) And look at how professional that no was. That was a beautifully professional no. (laughs) You can
4: have a professional no. no. Yes, Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) You also need to know your worth too. We don't want to just take any job or any family just because it's money. You know, we need to know that our people are being treated with respect and with professionality and stuff.
0: I think that it's so important to share that because as an entrepreneur, you get so accustomed to doing everything. You get so accustomed to being the expert in everything. And when you finally get to the point where you can say no, or you can say, no, I need to focus on this because this is what I'm best at, we always have to kind of give ourselves that permission because we've been in a mindset for, what, two years, four years, wherever each of you are, we've been in that mindset of, no, I have to do everything because it has to get done and I have to be the expert in all of it. So I'm very grateful that each of you mentioned that. Thank you. Well,
1: also. At the beginning, I felt like if I wasn't doing a lot, and even now when Leanne is on the clock, sometimes I feel like if I'm not watching the emails and I'm not overseeing what's happening, that I'm not working or I'm not doing my job. But all of this stuff that we had put into motion is allowing me to do other things for myself and pay Leanne. You know what I mean? So
5: sometimes a lot of hours at the upfront. Pays you (laughs) down the line when you can have less hours and do less because you did put in those crazy weeks at the beginning.
2: Speaking to what Austin was talking about with mental health, I feel like there's an entire conversation to be had about the come down of the first two to three years of work. Of like when you are fully immersed in it, your blinders are on, you are determined. It's like you're operating at this unbelievable speed and pace and are able to take on so much. And then as you start to release control and start to have alone time or like time to think yeah. about anything other than what it is that you've been doing, I feel like that's where things have occasionally gotten a little spooky for us. and we needed to figure out how to transition all of that running, running, running into productive, yeah. either calming downtime or like, where can I apply this energy that I still have? And that's, also only gotten better as time has gone on
4: has also brought up a lot of interesting conversations because of COVID. And I'm sure everybody can relate to this of we uh, shoot out of our home. We have a home studio in our apartment. So also learning how to set those boundaries of when does work end when we're constantly all in the same space all day now, like Jen and Leanne, I'm sure you're working from home right now. It's like, how do you deal with the idea of, okay, now it's time to, you know, close the laptop and go on with your day.
2: (laughs) Going to the other part of the house.
4: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Leanne actually has a very healthy way to do that. Oh,
5: yeah, I, I now am about to have, finally have a home office because hashtag COVID rates for the apartment. But I, for the longest time, would roll out of bed. And my desk was three feet away from me. And it was a hard time to be like, how do I set boundaries? And my biggest thing was you can always create a designated space. So I had my corner in the corner of my room for my mental health self time. I had my desk on the other side of my room for work. And my bed was for me time as well. And I would never did work in my bed. I never did personal calls at my desk because once I started mixing them, my head would get confused. And I was able to go 10 days without leaving my apartment and stay almost sane. So (laughs) so I think that was my biggest win out of all of that is how do I maintain a sense of balance when my balance is all in one room?
4: Yeah, it's impressive.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I'm absolutely
0: amazed. And I appreciate so much the, the calm down reference because we're still in that phase as a foundation. And so people always still kind of look at me funny when I'm like, yeah, I'm still working. It's like 1130 at night. And they're like, no, 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 you have to go to sleep. And I was like, I don't get to yet. Tell me that (laughs) like two or three years, then you can come find me, but not yet. As you started out this journey, and Leanne, as you came into Broadway Babysitters, what were some of the big financial hurdles that you just really weren't expecting that you think maybe other entrepreneurs out there could commiserate with that you had to face? And maybe how you faced them or maybe how you ignored them. I don't know what your life was like, but how were those unexpected financial hurdles for you?
4: I think our first biggest financial hurdle we experienced was... Just tax related. I think having worked at restaurants previous and having other jobs where we were on W-2s and having those taxes withdrawn from paychecks immediately, having to really recalibrate in the sense of we need to be setting aside this amount of money every month that, although it is in a bank account, cannot be touched because. That will go towards a quarterly estimate or, you know, whatever our balance would be owed at the end of the tax year. So the first year where we actually made like a real profit doing what we do, that came as a huge shock. We knew we were like, okay, we paid some estimates, but the last six months of the year, we just our sales like increased, you know, like basically two times over and just not. A, having the resources, we didn't have an accountant at the time, we didn't have the knowledge at the time. So that became a very big financial burden for us when April rolled around, we are like, oh, oh wow, we owe this much money. How are we going to be able to handle that? And moving forward from there, just becoming more literate in taxes and reaching out finally to an accountant. To be completely honest, last year was the first tax year we used an accountant. We had filed our own taxes up until that point. The year previous, I will say, we literally had to go buy A laptop, like a very cheap PC because we had been using QuickBooks.
2: We were using QuickBooks online and then the business software for TurboTax is only compatible with a PC.
4: And not a Mac.
2: There's an entire article online. TurboTax is aware of this. And all they do is provide you with a thread to follow about how, because we thought once we had the PC, that would solve the problem and we'd be able to get those. right. But online QuickBooks doesn't work with business turbo tax and so you have to download the online information load it into the pc do your taxes through the pc and then you spit out a return it's very fun i think we laid down for a long time after that week (laughs) um but yeah, yeah, yeah. So get an accountant.
4: <laughs> get an accountant. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man. man. So just, you know, to talk more about like the financial hurdles, so that I think would be like the largest financial hurdle that we had to deal with. And I mean, again, one of those things you only learn through experience, but you don't have to learn it through experience if, I mean, I feel like we kind of keep touching on the same themes, but reaching out for help or if you can afford accountant, or if you can afford, like Jen had mentioned, you know, business advisors or business help like that. If you can make those investments, those investments are very worthwhile. Those were things that we didn't really have the money at the beginning of our business to do. But as soon as we did have that income, that expendable income for those kinds of things, it really was incredibly helpful to have those professionals and their insight. And, you know, inevitably, if you make those decisions, hopefully that will, in turn, be seen in your profit margins and you know hopefully like increase profits or increase productivity that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I know that our financial hurdles were first of all building a website. I actually kind of made a mistake with that because I hired somebody who was a friend of mine but couldn't really deliver on the scale that we needed for the website and so our website would break down a lot and so that was a huge financial thing for us. We actually built a brand new website and then COVID hit. <laughs> so yeah, but our website is great now and it's so much better than anything I even imagined for this company. It's really lovely. But the thing I think advice on that front I could give would be to just make sure that you vet and you you look at what you're hiring, look at who you're hiring and look at the needs Of the company. Here's the thing, though, without that starter website, we wouldn't be where we are today. So there are things that it's all basically trial and error. You can plan as much as you want, but there are still going to be things that you learn along the way. This is a kind of a labor of love for me still like, well, it is because I still don't pay myself. We're still putting it all back into the business. But we were ready to take that next step and then COVID. So, um, yeah, that's one of the biggest financial burdens for us.
5: I mean, just to mirror what you said, I think that, like, once the, the website was a big investment that Jen and the company made, without a, a working website for what we do as a childcare agency, there was no way to scale and be able to offset the expenses. So, that was an investment upfront for the long term. And then, as she said, the pandemic hit. And so, that was the second probably most important financial hurdle was the pandemic, really. I mean, I'm sure the same thing for you guys. Yes, oh yeah, for, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And looking at one of the first things we had to do was say, what expenses can be cut here? What do we really need to get through this time? And then of course came the pivot, which as as any business during this time has had to do was how do we give people what they need during this time as a childcare agency where people don't really wanna be hiring childcare. So, so that cutting of expenses... But also, you know, before that, saying this expense is worth it because if we can get X number of families, we can offset the cost of this and we can now scale to grow in a way that we wouldn't have been able to without this bigger expense.
3: I really appreciate all of you answering with such candor about your own personal experiences there and those lessons that you've learned, right, trial by fire always. So I super appreciate that. And I want to end there since you have learned those lessons on what is the one liner, one piece of advice that you would want to give to a creative entrepreneur.
1: I say ask for help. (laughs) Do not try to do it all on your own. Don't try to be something that you're not. Don't try to be a business professional, know the law, and then also a tax preparer. Don't try to do it all alone. Just don't ask for help. Ask you know people that you went to college with, ask parents, ask, ask anybody that can help and can advise and ask for help.
5: Yeah, my one-liner would be know your skills and your assets and know what people need and then decide what you want to do. Because you could have skills and assets that are amazing, but if people don't need it, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) So so start with what people need and then apply those things and you'll, you'll skyrocket because especially if you love doing it, then it makes the job just that much easier.
4: Absolutely. I think we both would agree with this. We've talked about this with other people in the past as well, that if you think you're ready, you're ready. I think for us, like the biggest business decisions we made in our journey were moments that We definitely were afraid. Like we were like, wow, this is going to be a big undertaking or this is going to be a big expense, a big change. Like when we first started the business, I was working at a restaurant. Jake was working at a production company in New Jersey. Our hair and makeup artist, Alex Leva, who is essentially the third member of uh, our business who's not here today, was working at a salon in Midtown. And the three of us all sat down one day and said, I think we're ready to make the jump to quit these other jobs and just focus all of our time on this endeavor from making that decision forward is when everything really became what it is today. So if you feel like you have an idea and that you are ready and that you have the time and the resources to really pursue it, go for it. Absolutely go for it. That's just the one piece of advice that I think we would both offer. Absolutely.
2: And then the only other addendum I would say is just because for us, our business has so many more expenses than the average business based off of equipment. I think that those initial purchases of like, our photos fundamentally can't look any better unless we buy this thing. Like we have to buy this lens if we want our photos to look like this, or we have to buy this light if we want our photos to look like this. And figuring out the comfortable ways to make those big leaps financially, whether it's through payment plans, whether it's through 0% interest credit cards, which I don't necessarily recommend, but I do (laughs) at the same time. But just being able to stare down the barrel of what feels like an incredibly intimidating thing and say if I'm going to do this I'm doing this let's do it and then pull the trigger and the worst that's going to happen is you have to return it (laughs) but that's my addendum to that for photographers
1: I mean I just to put a cap on that I did not start out you know, wanting to start a business in my life ever. Like I've always wanted to be on Broadway and be a singer and do the artistic route, you know, but this kind of like fell into my lap and it it just kind of snowballed from there. And now it's one of the things that I'm the most passionate about. And it's also because children and artists enhance each other's lives so much, you know, both ways. It's just kind of a no brainer. It's helping a whole lot of people. And I like to help people.
0: Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you you
1: for having us.
0: (laughs) Thank you all so much for joining us today. Next week, we will wrap up our entrepreneurship series and talk about finance, taxes, and entrepreneurship for small business owners and freelancers. It's going to be so much tax fun.
3: Also, don't forget to check out Calling All Voices. This is our open call for paper submitted by you celebrated by us we want to hear all voices opinions walks of life and unique views on gender sexuality identity and finances from the whole lot of you our top picks will be published and the winner will be on our podcast chatting with us
0: thank you all and happy money making
2: you've been listening in with your world your money
0: You can find us at ywympodcast.com and stay updated on Instagram at Global Thinking Foundation USA. Be sure to rate and review us and you can reach us with questions or thoughts at hi at ywympodcast.com. Our thanks again to Hanger Studios and Global Thinking Foundation. Thanks, friends. Happy money making. We'll see you next time.